0: Hey this is PJ Souls and you are totally listening to Nightmare Junkhead woo keep listening
1: Weaving in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that hates it when they ain't been shaved. (laughs) My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, our descent into the mouth of March Madness truly begins Mm -hmm. as we travel back 30 years and break down some of the horror classics from the 1987
0: bracket. Mm -hmm.
1: But before we get into that, let me remind you, we are part of the ever Phantom podcast network, Phantom. and you can find all of our past episodes, along with a host of other horrific horror podcasts, over at downrightcreepy.com. Or if you're like me and you like to listen to us on the go, simply search for Nightmare Junkhead in your iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud app. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice.
2: All up in your creep hole.
1: In the creep hole. That's what. We, so many, to, so many to choose right. from with that one there. <laughs> uh, but before we get into the bracket full here, if you are in the Kansas City area, yes, we've got a few little fun items that are coming up here mm-hmm. on March twentieth at the Tapcade here, at Screenland Tapcade. Yes, we have our monthly
2: Monday Mystery Movie Night. Yes.
1: So if you don't know what that is. You watch a movie with us, and Mm -hmm. then we get together afterwards, and we record a live episode of the Nerds of Nostalgia.
2: And you get to either just sit in the audience and watch the shenanigans, or you can actually come down and be part of the show. So, we always have prizes and stuff if you want to come give your opinions. And we normally, you know, this is a horror podcast that we're on, but we show horror movies and all different types of movies. We do a lot of genre films. Yeah, you never know what you're going to get, and that's half the fun, just trying to figure out the context clues of what the movie we're going to show. And
1: the theme this month is Chaos with Cars. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the trailers we showed beforehand to kind of give you an idea of what we were leading up to. We started with the Spy Who Loved Me. Mm -hmm. And it's really funny. Those trailers, those Bond films back in the day, Mm -hmm. they were
2: event films. (coughs) No, they were because those were big movies. They were,
1: man. No one does
2: it better. Mm -hmm. Uh, We
1: followed that up with the Gumball Rally. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we finished everything off with White Lightning.
2: Mm-hmm. Burt Reynolds. God, God
1: damn, Burt mm-hmm. Reynolds, man. The the White Lightning, the the franchise. You know, of course, you got Gators, the sequel. Uh-huh. All sorts of good stuff. So yeah, yeah, Matt, you. If you if you if
2: the you if you know it you know it you know you what know we're it, showing you, you know, know what it. you're showing which but means it's gonna be fun. Yes. It's, if anything, it's gonna be fun. So it's a good chance to see. If you know it and you want to see it again, it's a great chance to do it. So.
1: And honestly, this is also I really want to see how this plays in the theater. Me too. And I want to I want to hear people's reaction afterwards. I love this movie. No, it's so. one of my nearest and mm-hmm. dearest. I'm gonna talk, we're going to talk <laughs> yeah, all yeah, about yeah. it. We're going <laughs> to wax nostalgic. Imagine mm-hmm. that. And leave yourself some energy because the next night, the twenty first, over at the Alamo Draft House, mm-hmm. the horror show. And you're going to be doing this one solo Mm because unfortunately I won't be there. So what is going to be screening?
2: This one is the Deadly Spawn. No, our, yes, The Deadly Spawn, <laughs> and this one's going to be just 80s pure fun, just a ooey-gooey monster movie. It's going to be a lot of good time, and it's only five bucks. Five bucks for yeah. that, so yeah.
1: that's going to be a lot of good stuff on the 20th and the 21st, so if you're in the Kansas City area or in the Midwest area. Yeah, just
2: come on down, make a trip of it. Absolutely, I mean, Monday not and every, Tuesday nights. Not every day you get to see these movies back-to-back. On. <laughs> and a theatrical experience, <laughs> exactly. and the best
1: part is that theatrical experience mm-hmm. coming together. It's so much fun. So... The the into the mouth of March Madness has begun right into the maw. We put the bracket out and mm-hmm. we've got a lot of feedback from it yes. already, which is yes. fantastic.
2: So anybody anything that uh, before we go into it, any surprising?
1: Oh, yeah. In fact, the first bracket we got back, the mm-hmm. winner was not a surprise. It was our friend Chris Daniel. He was mm-hmm. actually on the Dream Warriors yep. episode. We'll take a big guess at what won <laughs> his bracket. Right. <laughs> but the biggest surprise for me in his bracket was in 87, Evil Dead went out the first round. Yeah. Suspiria went out the first round. Huh. And Event Horizon went out in the first
2: round. Oh, man.
1: Which were huge ones when I initially did the bracket. Same here. So seeing that was automatically made me love this whole concept a little right. bit more. Right. Because to me, I was just like, no, there's no way that Evil Dead loses in the first round. Yeah.
2: But for him, she never yeah, For it, it that's, did. that's the great thing about this. It's like all horror fans are like, okay, figuring out what it is. It's a great way to like, hmm, what ifs. So. And
1: I, I, I'll, there are a few people out there that will say, no, no, there's just some of those that can't be right. But no, no, no. What, whoever wins your, your whole thing, that's the winner. That's mm-hmm. what's awesome. And so exactly. we've also got one where uh, Suspiria uh-huh. came in and won the entire thing, which I can definitely see. Uh, we had one where Near Dark. Uh-huh. Won the entirety, uh, some surprises,
2: super surprises,
1: huge surprises. In fact, in fact, uh-huh. I think we maybe mentioned this off mic. Yeah, or I have said it'd be amazing if like Paranormal Activity and, won the whole thing.
2: And sure enough, somebody said Paranormal Activity yes, they for the did. whole thing. And uh, <laughs> while my personal opinions will not go my way into that matter, to each their own. I say kudos. If I know that's if that's the one that you want to go for all the way. Fucking go for it! I think that's awesome. And yeah. then we had another one mm-hmm. that came in. Wreck Yep, came in mm-hmm. and won the entirety.
1: So I love the fact that we're getting such a diverse group of winners.
2: Uh-huh. Uh huh. Dustin Matson said that uh, he told me uh, he went all the way with Regina and Chris, and they went. Uh, he had Creep Show too. Creep Show 2? Oh my which god! Which I was like, yes, you were getting a shout out from me for Creep Show Two. That's <laughs> unreal. That is, but that's the beauty of right, his. right. And I think so. also it
1: says something to the degree of fandom mm-hmm. for people. Because let me let me tell you something. I you know, Suspirio over Creepshow Show 2, for me can but for that's right. you know what that's okay. Exactly. That's okay. So I love that. I love yes. that. So if you fill them out, please reply back to it. Yeah. We are reposting them over on Facebook and on Twitter. It's been a whole lot of fun with that. Mm-hmm. So that being said, we are gonna go ahead and start breaking down the yep. brackets individually. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to kind of give them each their own show yep. to give them respect because the films that we've seen, in fact, we were originally going
2: to start with 77 and go chronological. Logically. Right, but I think I think you win right call of getting the hard one for us mm-hmm. out of the way. Plus, also there's a few that we need to
1: revisit in '77. Yes, one are still many. sure we give them their, <laughs> their due diligence. And
2: I'm I still got to go see Cube. That's yep. on my watch. list. So that gives so. us time, and mm-hmm. also
1: starting then with '87.
2: Yeah, we talked about on the the selection episode. That was the hardest. This was... 87 was the hardest one to pick for the mm-hmm. bracket, let alone breaking I'm it down. I'm also
1: already starting to have some um, guilt over what I've ex- excluded. I'm like, right. why didn't I put such and such in there now? Yeah. Like, that you would almost would be a cooler choice. But no, I'm I'm good with what we have in Because there was now. too
2: many to choose from. I mean, there, there was some favorites were going to have to go on the And there's a, some favorites for so, me, like The Hidden, right. for example, is not in there. Monster the Squad. Monster Squad. Right. I, that's
1: what I looked at. I'm like, but right. I'll, I'll give it away right now. We are going to be doing a commentary track on oh, that one yeah, down the line, definitely. regardless. Mm-hmm. Uh, look for that later this year. So we put these uh, the rubric. We put the bracket out, and but we wanted to make sure in terms of when we're debating these uh, when for our official bracket, right? The rubric we're putting and what we're utilizing to gauge things because mm-hmm.
2: we our, our system of judging
1: because we want to make sure not necessarily in an academic way, but something that is measurable. We're
2: showing our work. Yes, we yeah. are. And then also there's going to be points in time where we're going to ask you to show your work. Mm-hmm. So be ready.
1: So we have basically um, three criteria that we're looking at We're mm-hmm. kind of putting it through the filter. And so the first one is. Um, what does, the, in terms of the films pitting them against each other, mm-hmm. what does the film, does it represent the bracket it's in? Yeah. For example, one of the um, ones we're going to look at initially is...
2: Uh, let's just knock it out with the, let's just say Evil Dead Creepshow 2. There we go. The, the one that we're looking for is because it's sequel.
1: Yeah, that's the sequel bracket. What
2: What's the theme? The theme of the pairing. Mm-hmm. So. What represents a better mm-hmm. sequel? So that's mm-hmm. one of the
1: criteria we're looking at. The other one we're going to look at then is what does your heart tell you what Mm -hmm. what the the, what what is the the nostalgia factor no matter
2: how your heart is bleeding if you just keep on screaming so (laughs) which and to me that really plays a lot into it right almost definitely because there's all sorts of sentimental love for these movies Mm -hmm. every single one of them so Mm -hmm. even the ones i haven't seen yet i know they're they're there's gonna be something there right so that's and then the, you
1: came in with kind of not necessarily it might even be it might be the tiebreaker, but what mm-hmm. is the third criteria we're looking at?
2: What is the best representation? Of the genre and the cultural impact of it, right? So, what had a greater impact. cultural impact, genre impact uh-huh. on on horror as a whole, on society, even as a whole, on some of these? So, how the tonal shifts of different things? So, we'll get into that when we need to be. Yep. So, yep. So
1: that works. So, yep. those are the kind of the main things that we're going to look at. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we are going to talk about in terms of the things we enjoy of the film. Yes, you know, we'll gush as we normally do, but we're also going to be tried to be critical as well. Exactly. In terms of the matches um, that we have here, so. Break out your bracket. Look over at the 1987 section. We have eight films that we're going to look at. Mm -hmm. And the first pairing that we're going to go ahead and look at, we're going to save the the toughest for the last (laughs) there. Uh, So we're going to warm up (coughs) here with uh, a pairing that, you know, obviously for some, you've got a a winner of the entirety in here. Mm -hmm. We are looking at... Now, let me ask you this. Because when the four films that we're going to talk about initially, I initially had them paired differently. Yeah. And then we ended up breaking them up. Mm -hmm. So that being said... In terms of the bracket theme Mm -hmm. for the first two that we're looking at here, what would you qualify that as?
2: Summoning demonic. Okay,
1: that is perfect. That is perfect. So we're going to be looking at the gate
2: Mm -hmm. versus Hellraiser.
1: So that now, uh, now I'm just going to preface the entirety of the conversation of our debates of what ultimately might be our winner is it ultimately depends. This will change on the hour we talk. Yeah. On the minute we <laughs> talk, you know.
2: Most definitely. We're going to come... We're, we're going to try to attack it at all, all angles, but at the same time, you know, and the, even even when we're at our final four, we're going to be like, Man, I know, nah. I know. So, so There's
1: going to be survivor's guilt involved yep, with it. Exactly. But, so I'm going to preface it, and I love all of these films, mm-hmm. but to me, The Gate and Hellraiser, it is the summoning bracket. Right. So this is all, these are two films that are all about summoning things. Mm-hmm. And... You couldn't find two tonally different films exactly (laughs) in terms of like the 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 content Mm -hmm. because you know rewatching The Gate recently, I picked up the uh, the Vestron release on that the new Blu-ray, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rewatching that film, my goodness, this is one I didn't see in the theater. In fact, these two films I didn't see. It wasn't until VHS Mm -hmm. that I got
2: these. I um tried watching hellraiser in the theater when it came out and i have that where um it scared me so much i freaked out and i had to go into the lobby and play like a a king donkey kong just to like calm down so
1: well that's the first thing these two films are very scary
2: Mm -hmm. very scary Mm -hmm. i know with hellraiser but they're two different scares Mm -hmm. they're two totally different scares and they and they both come at it in such two totally different ways but they both are equally effective and they're both beloved i mean to the most part like this one was another hard one too. This
1: is a really hard one. Mm-hmm. This one, especially for me, because for me, the gate it definitely tackles a more childlike horror, right? Because and it's also kind of a a, a film that you could call a suburban horror film.
2: It's it's the invasion of your home where your, your home, home is not safe anymore, and, and oh, just it comes up, and this being a bloodless relatively gore it's slimy gooey it's, gooey, stuff it's a lot of, but it's still rated pg-13 mm-hmm. and so this is a good gateway to horror for like younger and we've but,
1: talked about it and we will eventually put mm-hmm. together our episode of but, gateway horror
2: but this is scary enough where even hardcore horror fans can enjoy it and enjoy it on different levels it's a
1: scary movie Ultimately, whether you're seeing it as a kid or as an adult,
2: right. the way it is directed, the sense of menace in it. It's terrifying. It is a very terrifying movie. Um, and the little demons that they summon are terrifying. The little goat faced to
1: What's incredible with it. And the, the, I want to talk about the special effects work on both of these films.
2: Practical. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I mean, and those little minions possible. are
1: all people in suits mm-hmm.
2: with giant force perspective, giant. Tables and things and people like running around
1: yeah it's in, because they're real mm-hmm. and they but they have an almost unnatural the way they, they move. move
2: just like the dog the, on their haunches just when they're popping ah, out of the little caves when yeah. Terry's out, oh yeah they're like baby chuds they're terrifying they're absolutely terrifying and then not only that but then you have the giant one at the end then you have the monster that guy that lives in, in, the, the, closet. in the closet in the walls mm-hmm. but the scariest fucking thing in that movie the absolute fucking Fucking scariest thing when he looks in his hand and there's oh, a fucking no. eyeball right there that is terrifying because it's no longer just your home is not safe your body is not safe that is when you get deep that, shit
1: when when your home betrays you yes. when your body yes. betrays you what else is there you're it's, done you're done it's, it's, yeah especially when you're a kid because the, ultimately what I love about that film is he's away the parents are away mm-hmm. and let's you know you ultimately you get some freedom with that yeah but with that freedom comes that uncertainty and with the uncertainty comes the terror. Right. And then you introduce uh, your 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 little friend, your heavy metal friend, which right. let me just tell you a little bit something about- a little Greg. Louis Tripp play, uh, playing Terry here, man. There have been many a times I have rocked out in my house as a 40-year-old man.
2: I, I have seen this. <laughs> so no shame. And that's also what another thing in terms of why I love this film so much yeah. is it's technically a heavy metal horror film. Yeah, it speaks to you. I mean, just like, hey, Greg,
1: look at this. Well, the cool thing about this whole film is in terms of how the demons are summoned and mm-hmm. you get a crack. And this is actually is especially if you had a backyard or anything along those lines, again, is that invasion. Yeah. You're like you said, your home is your manner. That mm-hmm. is, you know, when you play tag, there's home base and you're safe there. Yeah. When you have when you're not safe in your own home anymore. There's something terrifying, and when I saw this initially, like, that's what scared me so much. Is yeah. I identified with that.
2: Well, and shit. One time when I was little, somebody threw a bucket of chicken on the ground, left the bones out there. I come in the next day, I'm like, holy shit! Someone's right? cursing I'm like, play. little. I'm like, yeah. Uh, poke it with a stick. So yeah, there's that fear of like shit coming into your house. It's, and it's just it, In your body, it's. it's it's terrifying. It, it's it's
1: one of those things. It's always stayed with me. Um, and then the fact that the parents show up inadvertently and know it's actually the demons against so you. And then you they get, get that slimy. betrayal.
2: You've been bad. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you try and kill one of those little slimy little goblin hemunculoid things, they break off into like little that, other ones. The
1: image of the man in the wall falling yeah, and then and breaking it, into yeah. all those. That is just impress, just mm-hmm. impre- impressed Geesh. on my brain. Yeah, Geesh. frightening. Geesh. Works really, really Geesh. well. Um, but also, I just love the, that idea of the fear of growing up, the yeah. fear of what happens when you have to grow, when you have to face things alone for the first time. Right? How do you deal with that? Whether what kind of horror it is.
2: And so then we have the innocence of youth versus the pleasures of the flesh.
1: Damn! If Hellraiser is not dirty, <laughs> dirty,
2: dirty, dirty and slimy in a whole. These are both two slimy movies, <laughs> but uh, Hellraiser is slimy for a different. This is not family friendly slimy. No, 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 no. This, this is filthy and um, a lot of weird undertones with it and juicy.
1: Rewatched this on Shudder because <laughs> Hellraiser
2: is available on Shudder. And mm-hmm. it had been a
1: while since I've seen it. And we talked about there was the um, the 30th yep, anniversary. anniversary the screening. the 4 Restoration. Yeah, yep. It had been a while since I've seen it, but man, rewatching it is the thing that really struck out to me is just it's this is a movie, this is an adult movie.
2: Yeah. I mean it starts out you're you're looking for more pleasures of the flesh when just simple SM and erotic exotic fixation and poking your shit with all sorts of things isn't enough. Where can you go? To the depths of hell. So this is not a <laughs> Ew. (laughs) Just that scene where his body is coming out of the blood. His rebirth? Yes. It's incredible. Wow. Wow. But
1: it's kind of also amazing is you get
2: an immediate taste of the Mm Cenobites
1: and then they're gone for a very long time. And that's what I really think in terms of what makes this film hold up is ultimately... The Cenobites are almost kind of like in a good zombie film. They're kind of on the periphery, mm-hmm. and the main antagonist is Frank and Julia.
2: Yeah, and Julia's a bitch. She's, fat. she's, she's a bitch. really good in it, though. Yeah, she is. She's, she's she's that bitch you love to hate. You know. Well,
1: do okay. So you actually tr- you tried to get through this in the theater. Yeah. Um, was it eventually getting through it through a uh, home video? Yeah. It, it,
2: it was definitely for the home video. I'm like, all right. Because I'm I'm curious, a, lot, I'm a lot older now you know i think i can handle it cuz this so. isn't
1: a, this is almost kind of like a candy man it's just an adult horror film because mm-hmm. of the themes they're hitting because if you watch it as a
2: kid you don't get it it's I a mean, scary movie it's a very scary movie but like you mean the the, the whole it was even like the, the the hooks coming out of the air piercing your flesh and ripping things off mm-hmm. and even though he dug it for a little bit and when you're a kid you don't see that he dug it you no. just see these things coming and this guy with nails on his head and his crew and with, with chattering that the, clo- the closest I got to SM Yeesh. was
1: 9 to 5 with M&Ms, okay? Like, that's, <laughs> like, and that's what, like you said, as a kid, you don't that's just it. torture. Right, but but as an adult, you're like, ooh, ooh, yeah.
2: Unsexy, sexy torture. And Frank
1: is a gnarly, nasty mm-hmm. antagonist in this mm-hmm. film in terms of a bad guy. Yeah, Just dirty, creepy. He plays the perfect creepy uncle,
2: Uncle Frank. Yeah, and then the whole, like... Weird diddly subtext and come to daddy, right? Just well, you
1: notice that um, actually, Larry, he's played by Andrew Robinson. Who, if you're into genre films, he was Scorpio in the original Dirty Harry,
2: Mm -hmm. and
1: he also played uh, uh, one of the cops in Cobra. He is one of the (laughs) do-gooder cops,
2: which is kind of funny. (laughs) Not quite on the Zombie Squad, yeah, yeah, different Zombie (laughs) Squad in this film, as it turns out. (laughs) So that being
1: said, in terms of Hellraiser, I think obviously one of the things that sets itself up is. I remember long before seeing some of the stills in Fangoria with Mm -hmm. Hellraiser, Mm -hmm. because in terms of...
2: Well, it's Clive Barker, and he already was well-established as a horror artur. He was kind of redefining
1: the horror Mm -hmm. writing field.
2: Adding a weird... There's always been sexual elements to, to horror, but he put overtly it overtly in, your, in face. your face and this was in the 80s when that shit wouldn't fly mm. so very like, conservative america at that time right so something like that was going to be on everybody's radar yeah. so
1: and i just remember just the the, the go- level of gore involved with yes. it was yeah. unreal and seeing mm-hmm. that imagery in fangoria it was it was it was a drug. You're like you need this. Yeah. Like you need to seek You're this like, out. Oh, this movie looks great. <laughs> and it, 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 to me, this is one of those films that sh- like had it been released earlier would have been like a video nasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in terms of the, the just level, just the
2: sexual overtones and the and the gore added with it. Mm-hmm. It seems like it seems like you can have a lot of one or a lot of other, but you can't have a lot of both unless no. you go bonkers and this film definitely
1: goes bonkers yeah
2: spawned a franchise and they but they both spawned a franchise so that gate 2 i mean gate 2 has
1: the sequel but you know hellraiser but hellraiser
2: spawned franchises comic books and it was based on something already so hellbound heart right so it has and it just became a Cultural thing huge huge enormous enormous
1: and I would say in terms of kind of comparing the two because they're two totally different films And I kind of approach them differently especially Mm -hmm. as an adult now for Mm -hmm. me. It's harder to say Which of the to me? I think there I know which film is more important. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's let's do this. Let's let's go go ahead and break it down. Let's
2: go through the three criteria. So to me,
1: in terms of what they represent with the bracket, in Mm -hmm. terms of being films that are good for summoning, Mm -hmm. obviously with The Gate, you involve heavy metal music, you're playing some stuff backwards, you're offering sacrifices. It's more Uh old-fashioned, more of the cautionary tale. Right. And then, of course...
2: With Hellraiser. With Hellraiser. you have that iconic puzzle box hearkening back to ancient the times. L- the the Le le It's the Marquis de Sade's box. Do <laughs> Lalu. The lament
1: configuration,
2: Sure. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. Um, <laughs> the box, the Hellraiser box. But that know. is iconic. Iconic in itself. Right. So, so I think
1: in terms of that for me, uh-huh. my vote does, does go to Hellraiser on that. I'm going
2: to go Hellraiser uh, okay. on, on, on just the representation of the genre. Now, for the heart one, I'm going to have to go Gate. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just, it's a great, it's a fun movie. Hellraiser, if you're not ready for it or you don't like that, it's not going to be for you. But if you want something fun, kind of lighthearted, but still scary, Mm -hmm. my heart's got to go with, uh, with the gate
1: i can watch the gate at any time yeah i kind of have to be in a certain mood to watch hellraiser exactly and also just because of the heavy metal horror aspect of it that's always going to get to me so in terms of the nostalgia pick that also goes with me for mm-hmm. the gate mm-hmm. so
2: that being said the cultural now this one i'm gonna have to look at the franchises that's okay. gonna be my first link. Okay. i'm gonna gate two good you know being generous
1: uh-huh it's not
2: bad Hellraiser 2 was good Hellraiser three was pretty good I enjoyed part three I'll,
1: part three it's campy I like it after, after that,
2: that it's blah but then there's comic books there's um, it has a
1: whole mythology right it's
2: it, and so for cultural significance I have to give it to Hellraiser
1: and I'm gonna look at it in terms of I definitely agree the mythology aspect is definitely there um, in terms of the cultural impact though man uh, effects work both have just jaw-dropping effects that still hold up to this day um i uh this is i'm i'm gonna i've got to save though the mythology though that's what drives it and you also hellraiser 2 is some will argue better than the first the third one anthony wilcox yeah can't be yeah i'm gonna have to go with hellraiser yeah and when i did my original bracket i had the gate bypassing it based on just pure love alone
2: yeah me too i mean but then i but that third category you know i think that that's a tiebreaker because nope. if we would have if we didn't have it then we would have like ah so um because you're pinned mm-hmm. all right so moving on the gate is out the gate <laughs> by hellraiser all right, oh, so right. next
1: bracket, which one would you like to look at?
2: Um, let's do Lost Boys and Dream Warrior.
1: Now, what would you say in terms of the theme of this particular pairing would be? Youth Gone Wild. Youth Gone Wild. Ooh! I like that. Uh, S- Sebastian Bach would uh, would uh, car- curry favor with you there. Mm-hmm. We live our lives on trial. We walk the endless mile. Every rose has its thorn. God damn it, genius. I don't try to interrupt your hip-hop with my metal. No, I like that, actually. Uh, 80s youth gone wild. That Mm -hmm. works really well. I like that. So this is an interesting one as well, because... Again, you've got two different films uh-huh. in terms of content, uh, antagonists, and so forth, but they do make for an interesting pairing. Yeah. So, which one? Let's go ahead. Which one would you like to open up with? Let's start with Lost Boys. So, Lost Boys. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness! This is a film that Thou shall not. I cry, little sister. Thou shall not. I still not believe to your
2: Right and Papa Gilmore. Uh, It's it really has uh, the cast itself is an amazing cast. It's an it it is it's it's a perfect time capsule of wonderful eighties. it is an 8780s who?
1: roll call Yes,
2: in terms of young
1: Hollywood mm-hmm. with you've got the Coreys in it. Mm-hmm. You've got young Jason Patrick, Kiefer Sutherland, yep. Alex Winter. Yep, You've got some of the older Hollywood guard. Mm-hmm. Ed with,
2: Herman. Um, oh, Ed
1: Herman, uh, Diane Wiest. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting encapsulation of all that. And it's a fun movie. It's a hip
2: movie. Yes, it's a cool movie.
1: It's 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 a film that I've just. It's one that I think, in terms of everything that we've got here in our bracket from the '80s, I think this is probably the most wildly available and popular film. Mm-hmm. This is uh, this is the film that you know
2: your grandmother knows. Right. You can you can show it like. Mass and everybody be like, yeah, cool. Not, no not going to mass in, in mass. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what kind of church the Church the Corys. <laughs> I, I would go there. I'd, I'd
1: attend that one. No, no, yeah, this is definitely one that you can roll out to in polite company mm-hmm. and say, hey, this is a horror film. But the, in terms of the way, it's it's a very glossy right. horror film. It's this is the one that has more production value. It's more Peter Pan vampires. I would add, I, to me they're more street toughs myself yeah. you know so <laughs> I was always a little bit kind of terrified with them there but no but obviously they're scary
2: vampires I mean yes. they're mean vampires I that mean. is
1: the one thing in terms of the transformation in terms of the vampires from the eighties mm-hmm. yeah the, the transformation effects yeah. on them are phenomenal actually the the effects themselves in this film work really well and even the camera angles the
2: like the regular camera effects like mm-hmm. the, the shots the point over, of view shots yes and you can are... hear them. Mm-hmm. A little
1: bit of flapping and everything in the background. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. To me, but uh, do you, in terms of... Because I think some people will kind of say, well, it's just maybe two 80s, But let me ask you this. In terms of Feldman in the film, Haim in the film, how well do you think they work?
2: They were great. Yeah. They work so good. Yes, it's a time capsule of the 80s, but it also can be set at any... You can still watch it and enjoy it because, like I said, it definitely has its 80s overtone, but at the, the heart of it, it's just a... The a guy is losing what he loves and well, his home and whole his identity, shift and, yeah. yeah, so he so it's a transformation movie in a lot of different respects. and that's universal. Mm-hmm. So no matter everybody's going to go through an identity crisis of some sort.
1: And it's also a very it's it's it is a, it's a hip movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it's one of those that's kind of a cool flick from. Yeah. Corey haimes wardrobe when he's he's rocking this duster i don't it's like this multi-color it looks like something like a batman villain would wear but back in the day i wanted it so bad he's you know he he knows his comic books this is like mm-hmm. long before way it back in the day before it was to be, cool.
2: yeah to be in comics so
1: immediately he was throwing down this kind of fake comic book knowledge mm-hmm. but comic book knowledge
2: nonetheless right. i was like i get that guy i could exactly. be a vampire killer I, I i wanted to be a vampire killer too after seeing that movie because i was right at that age and i'm like. Well, shit, that's possible. And yeah, that's also, fun.
1: just his reaction to Jason Patrick and his transformation—you know, oh, you wait till Mom finds out, buddy—is very tongue-in-cheek. The mm-hmm. way it was approached,
2: yeah, it's 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 lighthearted.
1: Would you call Would you call this a, a horror comedy? No, okay, I,
2: I, it's definitely a lighter. It's a lighter movie But it's definitely not a comedy It yet. is a it's, it's a straight horror film Yeah it's a horror movie Maybe even But it's, it's Once again this has a lot of flavors It could be like horror romance But it's also
1: It's also but a major Hollywood it's studio a, Yeah it is definitely a major picture, Hollywood studio Which one. and it shows Just in terms of the production it's value It's glossy And it's, it's just got the sheen to mm-hmm. it Which is I'm not putting that down It no. actually works Uh huh And it's one of those films that's remembered and loved. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. The soundtrack is great. Tim Capella, the greasy sax guy. Come on, (laughs) who doesn't love that guy? Greasy Um, sax. You know, Alex Winter uh as one of the thugs in there, one of the street toughs. (laughs) Uh, I mentioned before the 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 brunette in there. Jesus Christ, he's handsome. It's ridiculous. (laughs) Uh, But when the kills hit, they work well. Yeah, and like that initial attack on the beach scene. That's frightening. There are some jaws in the
2: air. (laughs) That's what it is. It's land, I haven't heard shark. that before man yeah. that's really good coming out of the air is flying shark man because they that's what they did just on, on remorse I mean and, and, and then even when they romanticize the vampires like you li- you live forever mm-hmm. every, every night's but a party a but you gotta go fuck some shit up and then when they get killed those are some good effects too with the, va- the vampires the vampires <sighs> melty and blowing well, up what I love just, is
1: the fact that you get the whole vampire rule breakdown yeah. little bits throughout the film mm-hmm. in terms of you know the garlic and Inviting him in, in. yeah, exactly. But then he breaks it down, you know, none of them die the same way. Some go quietly, you know, some wildly. You get the the, the holy water tub one when he's just melting, which Ah. is insane. Yeah, it is. Uh, and that's the one thing in terms of they, when they hit the gore in that film, it's hard. And you you sometimes forget about it. You go, oh, God damn. Yeah. So my hat's off to them for staying that way because it's not blood gore. It's just, an, well, actually, no, I take that back no, because when he gets in this plumbing system, it's pretty gross. Fantastic. And then also we get a great uh, use of antlers a la Silent Night, Deadly Night. Mm-hmm. And uh, dare I say, don't uh, no, I should say get out. Yeah. So yeah, no. Lost Boys has so much fun. Uh, Jamie Gertz creeps the nostalgia here. Uh, Unfortunately, yeah, no. That's uh, and then the little little Eddie Munster vampire as well. Mm -hmm. It's it's a fun movie. (laughs) It is. You have fun with this film, and you have fun with Dream Warriors. It's just a different
2: kind of fun.
1: So Dream Warriors, we've spent an entire episode waxing, and this is one of those films. We really can't add to what's already been talked about it. Yeah. Whether other podcast publications are podcast.
2: Yeah, we've done like you said, episodes. we have always like still talk about it just randomly. I'm the wizard master, just whatever.
1: And it's I'm glad that we have a good representation of a franchise film uh-huh. in our bracket. Uh, because Nightmare on Elm Street Part three Dream Warriors As we've talked about for many people this is this
2: is the quintessential nightmare movie I'm one of those people this is my absolute favorite nightmare so it to me this is the one I
1: rewatching part 4 I realized I like part 4 a little bit more just in terms of the overall fun of the film yeah but to me part 3 gets the balancing act right
2: exactly because
1: nothing will ever for me be as scary as the first one Cause the first one still is a scary movie. Right. But this one you still have the the sinister aspect of Freddy
2: And then you have the funny Freddy, ready for prime time, bitch. Just like ha ha ha. You laugh at the kills. You laugh with the kills. I remember seeing this the first time mm-hmm.
1: was on uh I think it was like a free showing a cinemax, but I remember having those moments of laughter and it was weird because mm-hmm. I didn't know how to react to that, because I wasn't right. trained for that. And so it was kind of a nice little take into that. Um, obviously the effects in this film. The kills in that film, yeah, there's some of the best. Kevin even Yeager, the, even the deleted ones. <laughs> which, which one was the Freddy it? moves? <laughs> oh, that Jesus, <laughs> talk about awkward boners again, unfortunately. Uh, but this also, uh, written by uh, Frank Darabont and mm-hmm. Chuck, Chuck Russell, directed by Chuck Russell, who also gave us The Blob, yes, one of my favorite one remakes. One of the great
2: boo, and then Frank Darabont, uh, The Mist, uh all the Stephen so King prison movies. <laughs> but um
1: this also I think one of the really cool things uh, as we mentioned with Lost Boys the cast in Lost Boys is really good. Holy shit, the cast in The Dream Warriors.
2: The, yeah, the cast is great. A lot of relative unknowns but a lot of like like oh yeah, like fucking John Saxon. Just coming out of nowhere. Hey, (laughs) hey Nancy. You know? (laughs) Anytime John
1: Saxon shows up, you know you're in for a good treat. Um, But Nancy coming back into the franchise is a great thing. Um, The introduction of the whole mythos of Freddy getting a mythology and a backstory that actually adds to his whole persona. Son of
2: a thousand maniacs. A very
1: twisted backstory. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Um, And then then you feel bad for these kids who are... They say that they're crazy, but they just are being tormented by Freddie. So. Well, it's,
1: I, what I really liked about it is they do pull upon the issues of the youth. And again, in this mm-hmm. case, it's self-harm, and drugs suicide, and, cutting, and mm-hmm. so forth. And again, the whole manifestation of Freddie as a something that terrorizes your kid. Right. And that distance you have of not being able to help them. And Be- that... Sense of frustration, and helplessness.
2: Well, and because this was the eighties, and then the drugs were rampant, and then suicide oh, yeah. rate was going all teenage there. suicide. Well, we don't when do people it. who have been saying. Right? Sorry, but <laughs> <laughs> people have been saying that horror doesn't tackle the subjects of today. Oh God, that it, that's bullshit. This is prime example. There was a lot of that shit going on. I mean, it's still to this day. You know, but. They're giving it a boogeyman, mm-hmm. you know, actual something that they can face and overcome. So,
1: and I think the the fact that you have Nancy actually then pursuing and working in the counseling field for helping other kids ha- who survive so shit wonderful. like this. Yeah, so it's and it was a return to form, and mm-hmm. you know, we obviously we we defend Part Two. Yeah, but this definitely was the course correction. Uh, just so much worked with it. Uh, it was the, the cast: young Larry Fishburne, not yes. Lawrence yet, <laughs> uh, and of course Fli- Patricia Arquette.
2: Uh huh. Just, just, be, just being delightful and being lovely and being eaten by a giant ass worm. Oh my god!
1: That Freddy worm. That <laughs> that to me was when that. And again, this is also one of those films that I saw a lot in Fangoria. I uh-huh. started reading about young Kevin Yeager yeah. and all the stuff he was doing. And oh my god, when that thing pops up! I, that I, took I, it to the next level. I
2: saw it in the theater, and it freaked everybody out. It was great. Me, too. We were like, whoa, because you never seen something that big. Freddy, nope. actually um, a real practical oh, Freddy yeah. coming, giant monster coming at you. It's so, it's yeah. so good. Big so, Freddie dong.
1: A <laughs> little phallic, a little phallic. <laughs> so that being said, let's go mm-hmm. ahead and break them down here. So that being said, in terms of the bracket representation, 80s youth – gone wild mm-hmm. lost boys and dream warriors man i don't know 80s is for me that's the the kind of the 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 the,
2: the th- say no to drugs yeah era.
1: I, for me in terms of the bracket youth gone wild it doesn't get more 80s more youth than the lost boys really yep
2: i've got to go dream warriors okay so we've got we've got a good lo- go dream Warriors. i got i because youth gone wild in the 80s to me was the don't say no the drugs will kill you don't self-harm do self-medication all that kind of stuff and this like i said put the face of the boogeyman to it so that's why i think for youth gone wild in the 80s i gotta go dream warriors unfortunately
1: growing up a metalhead youth gone wild i still go to skid row they, they looked a little kind of metal yeah for me it's lost boys okay so that being said mm-hmm. in terms of the nostalgia heart aspect dream warriors
2: it, i'm dream warriors
1: And I will go Dream Warriors on that one as well. Um, I, again, love both of these, but in terms of a movie that I can... I can watch any of these at any time.
2: Right, but I would prefer... uh, If I I had a choice, you want to watch Dream Warriors or Lost Boys, I'm going to go on and watch Dream Warriors. Yep, that works for me. So that being said, in
1: terms of the one that has the most cultural or genre impact between the two...
2: I'm going to have to say Dream Warriors on this one because yes it's lost boys is a fantastic series i mean a fantastic uh movie but it took him like 20 years to make a sequel and while it's a one and done story and those can see be some of the best F- Freddy dream warriors was not only the pinnacle but it also a tonal shift. And if it wasn't for Freddy's dead, I mean, if Freddy's Dead. if it wasn't for Dream Warriors and the success of that, he wouldn't have been as a cultural an icon. So for that, I got to go Dream Warriors. What you said. Yeah.
1: What you said. I can't. Yeah, I agree. So that being said, for us, then, Dream, Dream Warriors, Warriors goes through there. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And, yeah, Dream Warriors, that's, right. that's one of those tough ones. So, okay. So let's go ahead and go to the next round. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and we're going to look at. Now, this is another one in terms of kind of what we're looking at, uh, our initial pairings, where two of these, the ones, the, the bracket we're talking about now and the bracket we just talked about, initially had different pairings. Right. And so this one, our theme is more... We, we occasionally are going to have some wild cards in there. yee but, <laughs> but this one, the wild card, almost has a theme, but a darkness theme, if mm-hmm. you will. And so on the bracket, we are talking about Prince of Darkness uh-huh. and Near Dark. Near Dark. So in here, what I really like with this matchup, obviously with the darkness thing, uh, but you <laughs> get... <laughs> darkness. <laughs> but you get two auteurs mm-hmm. going up against each other. We get like mid-80s, late-80s Carpenter, uh-huh. which... <laughs> Hey, everybody. What's up, out? JC?
2: Hey, I'm just, just checking out the bracket. <laughs> it's,
1: it's not basketball, I know, but, you know, uh, you got to work with us.
2: Okay, well, I'm going to go get high.
1: But you get um, you get JC himself, and then, again, late 80s, JC, which is more hit and miss. Some mm-hmm. people kind of like it. But then you also kind of get just starting getting her, her feet wet. And Catherine Bigelow. Yeah, hells yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Genre icon Catherine Bigelow, which is really rad. So... Right there you get two phenomenal directors going right, against each right other. Right at each other. Yeah. And so for me, I'll start us off in terms of Prince of Darkness for me. Uh, listen, you if you've ever listened to this <laughs> show, if you've listened to we did a Carpenter retrospective over at Nerds of Nostalgia, mm-hmm. you know, we love us some Carpenter. Yeah. And for me, Prince of Darkness, I mentioned it in the tournament selection episode depending on my mood this is sometimes my all-time favorite carpenter flick
2: yeah so that's way up there but I know some people that
1: can't stand it <laughs> right which I like because it is so divisive
2: it is it's carpenter's known for slow burns but this is probably his slow burniest. So and
1: to me, I, I mentioned the last time. This is very punk rock Carpenter mm-hmm. because he's not working with a major studio, right? And it's so he indie really, Carpenter. Yes, he gets to do what he wants to do, right? And this one, in terms of the Carpenter checklist, you know, you go down it. It's it's got it. Uh, iconic score. Uh-huh. Love the score in this one. So scary. Yeah. Uh, great cast.
2: Alice Cooper. Carpenter regulars. <laughs> yeah. Alice
1: Cooper showing up, which is fantastic. Uh, in terms of you know, a Donald menacing. Oh, and, you um, oh, carpenter old, regulars in there. I so call many him of old them. Old
2: Chang from his character in a,
1: Dennis in a, Dunn. <laughs> uh, there's, uh, you, it's just everyone. It's, yeah, it's so good that way. Um, but also the atmosphere in this film.
2: It's a very creepy atmospheric movie. It's, it's just one of my favorites. From the upside down drips to the just the constant feeling of dread to the hobo army just. And then then we come from the future.
1: That dream sequence has still to this day terrifies me. There's something about it that is just so damn scary. It's it's weird the way it's Shot yeah it's unnerving it's very It is very it is. dreamlike it's very creepy <laughs> um, The other thing that's really funny with this film Is uh, back in the day when Blockbuster still, still existed and so Forth uh, I was with a group of people I Imagine that and We all went out and they're like hey why don't you like You're a horrid person why don't you pick Out our movie now this is <laughs> Probably when I was still in high school uh-huh. And so and I was with maybe One of my main friends and with some other People I wasn't really knowing all that well so I was kind of the outsider, uh-huh. so for them to bestow upon me that honor, right? It's like, well, shit, I need to take this seriously. So it's like, you know, what am I going to choose? Well, as it turns out, I did choose Prince of Darkness because I liked it. It scared me like 15 minutes into the film, they didn't They didn't understand what was going on because... <laughs> Boo uh, this man! Because <laughs> there's a lot of gobbledygook, you know, right. quantum physics and stuff that he... Carpenter's outright said he doesn't really... There's no rhyme or reason
2: to no, it. No, this but this is also cerebral. Yes. Carpenter.
1: Or it, it makes you think or it mm-hmm. makes you think you need to think, even yeah. though
2: you may not necessarily need to think. Right. And even the whole concept of the anti-god. The anti-god know, is, is fantastic. Yeah.
1: It's a very scary concept, but ultimately... The crowd did turn on me, and I never got invited back with those people. Oh, no. Uh, they didn't like Prince of Darkness, unfortunately. When in doubt,
2: <laughs> slasher flicks. Right, right.
1: Because <laughs> unfortunately, yeah, this one is... but. It's just, it creates such a weird mood. And this is a weird film.
2: It is. it is. This is an odd one, but it's oddly satisfying. Yeah, so. and if
1: I only had, if I had any kind of critique on it, it's, it does get a little slashery at the end.
2: Mm-hmm, with all, everybody dying mm-hmm. at once. Which,
1: mm-hmm. again, I appreciate it has to happen, but the uh, the ending works. This It's just, it's a very haunting, haunting, haunting film for mm-hmm. me. Ugh. And speaking of a haunting film as mm-hmm. well. Well, actually, no, did you get to wax philosophical enough on Prince of Darkness? I think I you said
2: pretty good, I mean, because I just agree with, uh, with what you're saying. This movie is terrifying and scary, and I just love the whole concepts that it it brings up like well there's matter why not anti-matter and then that just jump scare at the end the performances by Donald Pleasence and just once again eating his way through this everything but making it work so well the little bits of humor that Carpenter rarely adds but when they do they're just so sweet Mm -hmm. this movie is I think people who dismissed it in the past with a lot of movies you need to look at it through older eyes so if you didn't like this movie the first time I would suggest you like a lot of other Carpenter stuff to really go check it out yeah. just give it another shot because this is a really good movie <laughs> again me. with all these movies I mean if you haven't given them oh, of course yeah, make sure you give them a shot but definitely Prince of Darkness because that's one of his under it's the apocalypse trilogy it's the second so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> excuse me goodness
1: Excuse me, good lord!
2: Technical difficulties. Do 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 do. Much better, good lord. And we're back.
1: That's horrible. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so very, uh, very haunting. And speaking of haunting, of course, and we just rewatched this last night, actually. Uh huh. Catherine Bigelow's *Near Dark*. Mm-hmm. I've said it so many times. This was, and still remains, a litmus test film. Yeah. This is one of those that back in the day before the Internet, when I was still interactive and, you know, interacting with people to test your coolness, you know, you could throw out if you knew about Near Dark
2: Mm -hmm. because it was just... It, it it was it was below a lot of people's radar, but the people that did see it, they they saw something very interesting, it's very the unique,
1: definition of a cult film. Mm-hmm. Because in terms of you put originally, we were gonna put The Lost Boys and Near Dark together, vampires. Because that's the thing, they're both representations of 1987 of vampire films. Mm-hmm. One you mention and it, they say the V word. Yeah. The other one, it's not mentioned one time.
2: Nope. Nope. Which some people, creatures of the night.
1: Yes, they are. They're 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 midnight cowboys, if exactly. you will. <laughs> just not as sad. Uh, no, this
2: this movie was a revelation. me. I, I don't me. know. I I felt a lot of pathos for some of them vampires. I know. No, yeah. That's, when they lie. play it right. When they play it right. Mm-hmm.
1: So the first time I ever saw this film was when I got to see. It was a Cinemax did like one of those free like weekends or whatever, right? And it was really late at night, and I caught this film, and I've told you about it before, but it was just there. It was such. A transformative experience watching it mm-hmm. because i'm watching it knowing it's a vampire film they don't mention the word vampire once they're doing non-vampiric things they're fucking people <laughs> up
2: and like just not like and they're not blah blah no, they are not yeah. they are
1: white trash they are nasty yeah. <laughs> and dirty <laughs> Yeah, they are. and i realized i had this i was like i'm watching something different mm-hmm. because i didn't know how to respond to it and right. i had that moment of like this is this is really cool.
2: Mm-hmm. Like it was that 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 moment of experiencing it of seeing something so unique and something holy shit just not only being done in a unique way but effective and a beautifully shot movie. And
1: also doing it with familiar pieces, because mm-hmm. when you throw in uh, Bill Paxton, Jeanette Goldstein, and Lance Henriksen from Aliens the Year Before. Right. So holy it's shit. right
2: there. And plus it speaks to other things on I uh, not only the cast is amazing, but it can also be a uh, vampire western.
1: That's what it is. Yeah. Let's face it. Let's yeah. face it. They've got six <laughs> shooters. Uh-huh. There are Spurs. There are our main guy protagonist is a cowboy. Yep. It's uh, Caleb. Uh, Jenny Wright is May, is transcendent in this film. She's
2: pretty. There's so many good things involved with it. And it's it. so violent. It's it's the violent set oh. pieces. <clears throat> and I, I, you know, when my first seeing of this movie, I was younger, and uh, I rented it because I was like, cool, vampire movie. I dismissed it. Because it wasn't what I was, I would like, ah, you
1: might be anticipating Lost Boys. You right. might be
2: anticipating Fright Night. Mm-hmm. Or something even more, because the, the marketing made it look like a gore fest. And I was looking for like wall-to-wall craziness. So it kind of like, I'm like, eh. but when things hit, it would hit good. Upon revisiting, like, maybe like 10 years mm-hmm. later, I was like, this is a fantastic movie it, it needed that second older eyes it didn't it didn't hit me like it hit you when you first saw it but i was young sure i mean and, and, so- and i'm
1: almost surprised it did hit me that way but I think it was because it was just so different mm-hmm. that it did stick out to me. Because I love Lost Boys, yeah, love Fright Night, love See, all those films. I would
2: have been one of the parties dismissing. <laughs> I would have been oh like, yeah. boo! We're here to party, boo! You know, because that's not a like a it's that's not a party movie. This no, is, it is not. It's very cerebral. Very, you have to pay attention to the movie. Um, but the good thing about it is, if you start paying attention, Near Dark will command your attention. You know, when when just when you start thinking like, OK, rah, there's a, the bar slaughter or Jesus, the, the, the shootout at the hotel or. And
1: those are there's some main set pieces. But, yeah, let, let's talk briefly about the bar scene. Yeah. Which that was the moment when I watched the first time I, I had that almost out of body experience going. This is so cool. Well, and I've never
2: seen it like this. It's terrifying. It just is. You're just sitting there at a bar minding your own business. Next thing you know, these like undead hillbillies are coming fucking shit up. This is what happened. This is that feeling of helplessness because they are
1: toying with you. Yeah. They are, they're cat and mouse. Just a little bit of foreplay. Yeah. They're tenderizing you. Mm -hmm. It's frightening. And then, like you said, the the violence in that film, when it hits,
2: it's it's hard and effective. Very hard. And then, speaking of, you even feel for the vampires. Upon rewatching it last night, I kind of felt bad for um, Homer because. I was like, okay, yeah, it looks weird a little kid like come here little girl, you're mine. I love you, you know? And it's like, oh, he, he, he but then if you think about it, it would suck mm-hmm. to be he's, yeah, he's the oldest, probably 200, 300 years old mm-hmm. in the body of a child. That's like Kirsten Dunst's character in a uh, interview with the vampire. Yeah. Right? So this time I was like, yeah, I could see where like she's pretty, you know? Mm-hmm. She's just my age. I just want to watch some TV. I, I just yeah. I just want to be a kid. I just want to be a kid. And so I felt really bad for him. I mean, I saw it from his point of view. For, mm-hmm. And like, so this movie has a lot of things going for it besides just the fun vampire. It's not. It's a. It's a fun vampire movie, but in a different. <laughs> you'll have it. You'll enjoy watching it, but it's not like hey, I'm laughing and having a good time. I'm like this movie is something different and special. This
1: one would pair really interesting with like The Hunger, just Mm -hmm. in terms of vampire flicks that are going to be a little bit different than what you're probably anticipating. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did love about this film so much. Uh, Adam Greenberg shot this film. Uh, just yeah, the cinematography and it is phenomenal. Catherine Bigelow just, in terms of the films that she's made her mark on, because she's done really cool genre films like *Strange Days*, uh, *Point Break*, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that she did this really cool horror film to kind of kickstart it off, yeah. and such a unique, cool horror film. Mm-hmm. And like even the gore, like when Severin Bill Paxson's character at the very end, when he's on the the truck,
2: mm-hmm. it's like just beaten and he's
1: all gnarly. I mean, thanks for the ride, deep. lady.
2: <laughs>
1: Funny that was gonna be an eventual transition into that, hmm. uh, but no, he's just gnarly. The effects work are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie still scares. Yeah. Now, to me, the one thing that I know that is more divisive with this film, we kind of talked about it when it was going on in the film. Oh, also, shout out to Tim Thomerson. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Which, <laughs> he he was great he's fantastic you mm-hmm. know when he shows up you know you're in a good for a good thing but the the how everything wraps up with this film in terms of how you actually take care of vampirism yeah
2: how how it can be eradicated yes, and it's a blood with, with thing. The, and the with the power of love
1: <laughs> or a good blood transfusion, yeah. you know that works as well. So, which I understand with people, but you know what? If that's your only complaint with a film like this, I'm good with that. Right, right. And that's my thing too. I'm like, I'm okay with it because I'm invested with the characters, the story itself. That works for me, and it's different. Mm-hmm. That's totally
2: cool. Mm-hmm. It
1: doesn't necessarily have to stay with the norm.
2: No, it can be its own thing and its own identity, and, and they it's never, all the better for
1: it. Yeah, and they never mentioned vampires anyway. No. so maybe it's not vampir- vampirism. You mm, know, maybe,
2: maybe it's so. maybe it's just severe sun. <laughs> severe sun thing so. that's right just don't go out there
1: um so let's break it down okay. <clears throat> in terms of representation in a bracket mm-hmm. wild card darkness you know what uh, that's that's a you could go either way
2: uh well we have one who's trying to bring the world into darkness <laughs> and then one who can only come out at night um i don't know i'm prince of darkness I go near dark. Okay, just,
1: just to be contrite and go against cool. you. All right, let's do it now. In terms of the nostalgic heart pick on this one, mm-hmm. this one because it did get me tossed, mm-hmm. and but also, man, and again, near dark is a lit, that's the litmus test for me. So, yeah. because I had the transformative experience, um, I'm gonna have to go near dark for me. I'm gonna have to go, Prince of Darkness. Okay. Oh shit! I think we're gonna yeah. we're gonna have to I, ma- we're gonna have to I go to the uh, to the bore on this yeah. one.
2: But I I, I think I in, I have for heart thing I have a better time watching Prince of Darkness than I do with Near Dark. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just well they are very dour flicks. Right. They're both very dour, but at least like I like that jump scare at the end mm-hmm. at Prince of Darkness, and it just it made things dour and continue to be dour yeah. so i'm gonna go in prince of darkness on
1: that. yeah and for me in terms of the cultural significance mm-hmm. i think with carpenter it is really good later carpenter but for me with bigelow because it's kind of her jumping point in uh-huh. and it's really been the only horror movie she's made for me that's kind of her 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 calling card like boom this is what
2: i can do uh-huh. deal with me and I, so i'm gonna go near dark on that so this is gonna i'm gonna go Prince of Darkness on the cultural significance for the exact reason but opposite reason of why you. Catherine Bigelow she didn't she went on to do fantastic things but not in the but not in the horror genre. Carpenter, however, continued to do, and even though he strayed, he always came back to horror. So, for cultural significance, I have to go *Prince of Darkness* with this.
1: So, one. this in this case, when we have a when we can't agree on this one, yep. we are going to leave it to you guys. Mm-hmm. So, we're going to post that on Twitter and Facebook, and uh, it's going to come down to you guys, the amount of votes, then uh, what gets by prince of darkness or near dark well that's very interesting that's, ex- that's exciting you're right that's exciting. <laughs> so we will put that out there and we'll, uh, we'll post the results and we'll give this until mm-hmm. when we uh, put the uh, show out itself so yeah. we'll have an entire week to put that out so make sure you're checking us out on twitter at nightmare junk and facebook nightmare JunkEd. so that leaves us to our last bracket in 87 mm-hmm. And this one, Oof. I'm not going to lie. I did this on purpose, so I'm this kind of is, a being a dickhead. I know. I was like, because
2: guys said, look at the bragging. What do you think? And I'm like, god damn it, dude. Why did you put Evil Dead 2 and Creepshow right against each other right off the bat? And now he goes, you want me to channel like No, no. Because, ugh. So one thing
1: that the, um, the 1980s gave us were some sequels, mm-hmm. obviously. And 87 gave us some fantastic sequels. And obviously, I could have pitted, you know, Dream Warriors in there. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to make sure we had two direct sequels right if you will just in terms of because that's the, the bracket itself is a sequel bracket mm-hmm. and so a sequel has a lot of responsibility and you know sometimes if the sequel doesn't work then the franchise doesn't work exactly. so i thought we would take a look at two direct sequels that happened in 87 and i did leave off uh hello mary lou prom night 2 <laughs> and i do want to give it a shout out because love me some canadian like horror one. yeah like that's a that lot one. of that fun, was a fun movie. but uh evil dead 2 and creep show 2 mm-hmm shit
2: you know Uh, what more can we say about these movies than like once again I mean we did a whole commentary on Evil Dead 2 um I've done. I've gone on this show oh, yes. many a time, saying "Creep Show Two is one of my absolute favorite movies. So putting these two movies that I really love so much against each other, and because this is
1: one of those that, to me, in terms of cultural significance, and mm-hmm. I'm glad you added that one to me. This one is a no-brainer. No, this
2: one that exactly. The, but the reason why is I did that was because I can't. I couldn't decide. On these two movies But
1: that's what I love about the In terms of the talk about this uh, Seeing people's results And everything coming Mm -hmm. through Is I think sometimes Even cultural significance Can not be as important As something that's more internal Or intrinsic As that nostalgic feel And that relationship You have with the film Yeah Because that's the one thing Especially anyone that People like us That watch films a lot Is we do develop relationships With these films Exactly And I think this is going to be The perfect example of trying to separate that and what does the heart want what it wants right so that being said <laughs> which one do you want to start with
2: um let's do creep show 2 let's do creep show 2
1: thanks for that man mhm so creep show 2 now we've talked about on nightmare Junker. what we've done a creep show uh, 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 episode we did a what's the score uh-huh. we listened to the john harrison yeah. uh pmed uh, music cue which is ironic cuz john harrison is the director of creep show 2 so i love that they keep it in the family like mm-hmm. that and that to me is the start of why I like Creepshow. Like. Like! Like, <laughs> like Creepshow 2. Not as much as I love Creepshow.
2: I will give you this if I... Give had... me one
1: more thing if I can. Okay. Not having the music the same like, because the, the score in this one's a little bit different. It didn't work with me as well. Yeah. And not having the, the cool the lighting. whole comic book yeah. thing.
2: Yeah. I will admit this is the inferior movie to the original. The original one it's, was a fantastic it, yeah. movie, amazing, wonderful movie. But there's Creepshow Two is just so fucking fun. It's I fun. mean, it's just it's the three tales of terror, you know, just and then the the whole wrap around and the cartoon is not the best. It's but, different, which I like. It, yeah, it's it, it's something new, something something they're trying. Stay true to the to whole them. comic book form. I would consider, I would consider this Silver Age Creepshow one Golden Age.
1: Bravo! I like that a lot. Actually, stay mm-hmm. true with the comic theme on that. So well, and also I think what's interesting is you went from five stories in the first one to only three, mm-hmm. and the
2: second it kind of made them a little bit bigger, mm-hmm. um, more short films. Yeah, more more like a short film show, showcase. But those tales are still with me to this day. I mean, like, thanks for the ride, lady. Just that whole sequence of him beating up the car while the car is going down the hill—that is a feat of like stunt work mastery. Fantastic! It's it's amazing.
1: And also, when you that's another kind of litmus test thing where you can throw out thanks, thanks for the, for the ride, ride,
2: lady, and see and, and like hot oh, creep show too. <laughs> People will react to that, right? Yeah, I will and, say
1: also. Uh, I think it contains one of the, my favorite segments. From any of the creep shows, including even Tales from the Dark Side. But for
2: me, The Raft. The Raft is terrifying. It is horribly terrifying. When she comes out and she goes, it hurts, it hurts. And she's being drugged down. Mm. And the the, uh, makeup effect on Old Chief Woodenhead, that is spectacular. A full body suit. Yeah. And just uh, not as not as fine as that guy's hair. No, no. Man, I go to Hollywood. There's a million women out there ready to rub this hair right between their legs. You ready, fat stuff? I love he's just such a despicable character. John Redcorn back in yes, the day. Yes, yes. And like it, it it just was a good, fun movie. I I can watch this. If I've got nothing else to watch, you can throw I that go to Creep Show too. I mean that's just how it goes.
1: It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It really is a lot of fun. It's mm-hmm. to oh, me that's I th- gonna cost you a lot, Mrs. Lannister. <laughs> so. It's just one of those that like I said, unfortunately I think it suffers in comparison to the first one. Right. Of what everything that Creepshow, the right. first one did well.
2: Right, but it ain't nowhere near number three. No, I was gonna so. say
1: it doesn't doesn't like hurt the reputation of creep show yeah. i think it is a, it's a solid entry
2: because see i backwards engineered did you? i saw creep show 2 in the theater and then on that so, i went and based looking for creep show 1 that
1: makes a lot of sense so. though in terms of seeing that in the theater i didn't mm-hmm. know you got to see that in the theater yes i did which one
2: indian in- springs indian springs, there indian springs. the dollar show nah, It was ah, awesome even better yep. even better mm-hmm. so
1: in terms of transitioning to evil Dead two, you know take a listen to our commentary track because for
2: an hour and a half we just talked everything good about this movie and, and there's nothing this there's nothing bad about this no. movie i i really cannot pick apart it's, i mean in, if anything it'd be like minute like like simple like oh i'm not continuing error or something my only complaint is that i wish <laughs> i wish the little flashbacks that they had was actually part one. Oh,
1: you, know, you know what mean? i mean sure just, you know sure. maybe like For part 1.5 yeah. or something yeah. Which, but yeah, no. I mean, there's a reason we started that one off for our whole year of commentary mm-hmm. tracks. It's one that is beloved, a
2: very important film, yes. has inspired so many filmmakers S- and fans, spawns franchises, oh, TV series, But and this this is one where um, I think for me personally, Part Two is superior movie than the original in a lot of different aspects, and it's because it's one of those weird ones where it's a direct sequel but it's also a remake. Mm-hmm. And it was something so unique where you didn't need to see part one to get it. If you saw part one, cool. But if you saw this one, you got all you need to know. And which makes it so accessible and yeah. so wonderful. And then that fucking poster with the skulls in the eyes. Yeah. Terrifying. Oh, that's terrifying. It looks in your soul. Yes, it And then it does. swallows and, your and, soul, and, unfortunately. Right. Hey, hey, swallow your soul. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: to me, that's. And I'll, what's interesting, though, if I had to have a con about it, is a pro is it did actually kind of lead to the cult of bruce campbell Mm -hmm. but also i think there's kind of a bad thing of that because i love bruce campbell
2: it led to the cult of bruce campbell and like what's the best thing about rock and roll excess what's the worst thing about rock and roll excess yeah
1: so i think i'm not bad i love
2: no yeah no bruce campbell bruce campbell no no bruce campbell is not without faults he's mm -hmm. made some turkeys mm -hmm. he's made some like fucking thanksgiving turkeys but he's also made duck on orange too no, so no, he's yeah. beloved in the, yeah. in the household
1: here in the mm-hmm. podcast so it's it's an interesting pair though because like i said for me i have no problem in terms of my my breakdown right in terms of i know which one i'm putting through yeah in terms of let's, let me just say this i know where I, my my vote goes on this one it's even right. to all the way i want to know in terms of how you you, how is this breaking down for you? Because I know this is a tough yeah.
2: one. Yeah. So I put a lot of, a lot of thought <laughs> into this one, uh, more so than I've done with like real world problems. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like uh-oh, uh oh, water bill. Yeah, but Evil Dead Two versus Creepshow Two. Uh, so, um, so in representation of the genre as a sequel, as a sequel, I'm gonna have to go unfortunately with Evil Dead Two. It has to win for that one because understand that this it like I said before. Creepshow two is an inferior movie than part two. On the other hand, Evil Dead two is a superior movie than part one. So I have to give it that makes sense. My heart, Creepshow two, one hundred percent was going for. I anticipated, anticipated, one hundred. In fact, I want to do a Creepshow two commentary at some point in time. I think we can do that. I think we can make that happen. I love Creepshow two. Okay. Um, as for culture significance, by far and away, Creepshow 2 um, spawned a terrible sequel and has been nothing of it. Evil Dead 2, however, has spawned a kingdom. On that alone, I have to go with Evil Dead 2. So, Evil Dead 2 I was the bracket for me.
1: Wow, really? I was yeah. really hoping because, like I said, we, we apparently we have had someone... Creep Show 2 won the bracket. Yeah. Creep Show 2. Wow. Wow. So.
2: I. I <sighs>
1: This is the power
2: of rational thought. I know. It sucks. It sucks. Head versus heart. But I know. My I ha- goodness. I have to go. I mean, that's why that's – this is the main reason why I did Cultural Significance. Because yeah, it's important. It is. And that it was my my tiebreaker. So I Excellent. have to go Evil Dead 2.
1: Okay. So making the next round, Evil Dead 2, Hellra- Hellraiser, and Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 Dream Warriors. And we are going to leave it to you guys, our listeners, in terms of who makes it between Prince of Darkness and – and a near dark. Mm-hmm. So we'll put that out on Twitter and Facebook. Make sure you are following us and playing along with that and make sure when you finish your brackets again, send them send to them us. them in. Yeah, we'd love, love to see what you got. And I like like just seeing the little things in the first round what gets through and, right. and if you want, you know, send us your reason your rationale. Yeah, if
2: it's 140 characters or more hit us up on Facebook for that. Exactly, because I want to know where do you and you know what maybe now with these criteria maybe you got to change your brackets up a little bit. I like you that know? too. I like so that you never know
1: critical reevaluation Mm -hmm. So that being said... What year shall we look at for next time, Genius?
2: Uh, Let us look at, let's go 10 years up and take a look at 1997. I like that a lot. So if you are playing along at
1: home, we will be going into the round of 1997. And Genius, Mm -hmm. could you really quickly give us a preview of the films that we will be talking about?
2: Yes, we are in the teen slasher theme for Scream 2 and I Know What You Did Last Summer. Excellent. We are are in the body horror mind fuckery theme of Cube Event Horizon. We are in the W's <laughs> with the Wishmaster and Werewolf in Paris. Kind of a wild card. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the wild card W's. And then we are the last one. We are in the old school monster feature with Mimic versus Relic. And so there's a few of these I'm definitely going to
1: rewatch this week in mm-hmm. preparation. Uh, and I know you've got to, you're going to be watching Cube for the first time. Yep. So I imagine I'll probably end up hopefully maybe watching that with you. Cool. Uh, we will see. But yeah, looking forward to that. Um, again, hit us up on Twitter Nightmare Junk, Facebook Nightmare Junkhead, mm-hmm. uh, Downright Creepy. Uh, hit Genius up. Where can they find you over on Twitter?
2: Uh, you can find me at e l underscore genius and. So El Genius basically um, I'm Genius McGee, Genius with a J Make sure not, you know <laughs> Genius sucks all And if, kind and of if stuff. you want to add me as a Facebook friend Before you do it just like say, send me a message Like hey I listen to you so Because I don't want to like Russian women are ready to meet you So I've had enough of that You know once bitten twice shot. My 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 <laughs> 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 So
1: until next week gang When we are in 1997 <laughs> My name is Greg D I'm Genius McGee And we will see you in your dreams